0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Review of Honor. I know this has been the first one in quite some time, but I've been very busy, as you guys can tell. But I am here with another review of a Ring of Honor show. I am your host, Bill, and today I will be reviewing Crowning a Champion, the fifth ROH show. This event took place on July 27, 2002 in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and this is sort of a big event in Ring of Honor's history. We'll get into well the title match a little bit later on. Now with that said, let's jump right into the review of Crowning a Champion. We started the show off with Loki standing in the middle of the ring talking to a camera with the arena empty as he talks about each of the matches that he has had in the first four Ring of Honor shows. From the Triple Threat match at the Era of Honor Begins, to the Round Robin Challenge, to AJ Styles, and to Red. That's how he puts it. So after he tells Daniels, Doug Williams, and Spanky that all they could do is be ready, we go into the intro of the video package for the show. Then we have a camera zooming up somebody. It's Simply Luscious, but right away, Steve Carino pulls the camera aside and the focus is on him and Luscious. He answers the question that everyone's been talking about in wrestling. It's not about AJ Styles. It's not about American Dragon. It's not about Donovan Morgan. What is Steve Carino doing with Simply Luscious? He explains that while on a professional level they weren't getting along professionally, Luscious could not resist the king of old school. And they said that they have a professional, or they have a personal relationship, and they keep personal and professional separate. Which then goes into a very funny ending of that segment, where Carino asks Luscious, who is the greatest broadcast commentator, or broadcast journalist of all time? And she says... Steve Carino. Who's the greatest lover of all time? Steve Carino. Who's the greatest professional wrestler in the world today? Christopher Daniels. See? Personal professional. Then we go to the Christopher Street Connection Dougie and Mace. They're eating bananas. Well, they're actually walking in the hallway eating a banana. And they hear some strange noise coming out of one of the locker rooms. So they take a look to see what it is, what's going on. And we see Brian XL with two other men. And they're furious that the Christopher Street connection interrupted what they were doing. And they threw a banana right back at him and shut the door. And I I love the response. It was like, they took my banana! Well, they aren't going to be friends with us. So they go away. Now we go to James Maritato and Tony Mamaluke. They're talking to each other. Luke asks about getting the FBI back together. He's asking about, you know, where can I get some of the green FBI shirts? And Maritato explains to Luke, drop the gimmick. It's not the FBI. We're in Ring of Honor. We're not doing the gimmicks. Where Boogaloo comes along and he says hello to Maritato as Guido, but Maritato politely corrects him and says call me James Maritato. Boogaloo comes over and asks Maritato if he could teach him how to shoot, which then Tony Mama Luke says the only shooting you do is on the streets over in the corner in the the alleyway, which gets homicide furious and they ask for a tag match on the next show in Boston against Maritato and Mama Luke. To which Maritato says, even though we're not, tag, we're not a tag team, when a challenge is issued, a challenge must be accepted, and we'll see you in Boston. So now we go to our opening match, which features Tony Mama Luke. How about that? He faces the debuting Jeremy Lopez. Now, this is a very interesting match because this match has no commentary whatsoever on this match. I don't know if it's because the when they recorded the audio for this event, if it got lost or if it got messed up and they just completely dropped it. I don't know. I, I don't know the story. But it would be very interesting to know. Um, This match has a little bit of a slow start, But it does end up getting to be a better match, and it's a decent opening match. Um, Jeremy Lopez showed his worth here, and Tony Mamalouk is a very good wrestler, veteran of the ring, and it's a very good match. Luke ends up getting the win via submission hold, and he gets his first victory in Ring of Honor. Then we go to tag team action where Prince Nana and his new servant, whose name is Jacob's Ladder, faces the team of Joey, Matthews, and Christian York, accompanied by Alexis Lurie. Hmm, that name sounds familiar. We'll get to that a little bit later on. So before the match, Nana asks Matthews and York for this match. He asks him, not as a professional, but as a human being, please avoid the head and neck area for this match. Well, it's a short match, and Nana basically leaves his partner af- uh, towards the end of the match. Ladder gets put up in a, in a fireman's carry by Matthews. York hits a uh, top rope neckbreaker. One, two, three. Matthews and York get the win. So we get to the back where Nana is, for some reason, greeted by the Christopher Street connection, and Nana wants no part of them whatsoever. So then their music plays, and they come out, and they get into the ring, and Buffy says that he has a little bit of the hots for Christian York, but that's not the real reason why they're out here, because someone has the hots for Alexis Lurie. And it's Allison Danger, and we get into a little we get into a little scuffle, where each team takes advantage. But uh, Christopher Street Connection has Alexis Lurie, Um Mace puts her on his knee, and Allison Danger, with some kind of sparkle on her hand, spanks uh, Alexis Lurie on the buttocks, and Matthews and York chase them out. So we go to the back one more time where we see Divine Storm. They're talking about their match with the Hit Squad. And the Christopher Street Connection are there. Boy, the Christopher Street Connection are really all over this DVD early. And they tell them how Brian XL's hanging with a bunch of new people. And Quiet Storm does not really care about it whatsoever. And they give them a banana as sort of a, here you go. Then we see the highlight package of the match, or the leading to the match, of the Hit Squad and Divine Storm. Remember from the last show where Quiet Storm basically broke out and became his own man. So we get to our next match, and you know what? This is a different match for Ring of Honor at this point in time. They do um, abide by the Code of Honor, and then it's just really a brawl. It's just a fight. and it's a fun match. I mean, you know, it's not the best, but it's a fun match with all four of these guys. Um, you see them hitting some moves. Quiet Storm does a dive onto Ma- or the Mafia, and in the end of the match, Monster Mac has Devine up in a power bomb, and Divine is trying to block the effect of the power bomb, putting his hands behind his head, and. Even though he tried, it just did not work, and the hit squad got the win and the victory, and then um, each team member shook hands, and it looks like their mini-feud is over. We go outside to Philadelphia, and we see earlier today the members of the Texas Wrestling Academy pulling up into the arena, and we get newcomer Don Juan getting out of the van first, saying, Wow, this wasn't a 26-hour trip. It felt more like a 25-hour trip. And Michael Shane bullies uh, Don Juan into getting his bags. And Biohazard talks to Rudy Boy Gonzalez. And he says that he's going to get that contract. Which does lead into our next match, which is a tag team match. Michael Shane and Biohazard against Paul London and the debuting Don Juan with the stipulation that the winner of the fall gets a Ring of Honor contract. Remember from the first episode where it was basically Michael Shane and Spanky in that tag match. Spanky got the fall. Um, Excuse me. When you look back between the two, they're basically the same match as far as is it any good. It's just they're a little bit different. The other two partners are lighter than compared to the other two in that first match. Um, And what's more interesting about this match than the first one is they, like, the teams would break up their own members' fall, pinfall attempt to make sure that they got the contract, which I felt was very interesting. And... In the end, you have a double pin where Shane is pinning Juan and London pins Hazard. However, because Michael Shane was the first man to be or to attempt a pin by mere seconds, Michael Shane gets the win and he gets the Ring of Honor contract. So after he shakes everybody's hand, he cuts a promo talking about Spanky and how he says that he is the showstopper. He's got it in his blood, and he calls Spanky out, even though, and he mentions this, Spanky has a big championship match later. Well, Paul London comes right back out and says that what Michael Shane said was, number one, disrespectful, and, number two, a slap to the face because he feels he's the showstopper, to which Michael Shane goes, you feel like that was a slap in the face and he slaps London in the face and then London slaps Shane in the face and both men fight and then biohazard Don Juan Rudy Boy Gonzalez and some of the other referees come out to try and break it up and for some reason whatsoever um, Rudy Boy tells all four to go to the back as if they're gonna I mean as if they're gonna get punished and you know, And and it's so weird because it's like, well, all Biohazard and Don Juan did were to, you know, to stop to prevent the fighting from even happening. So we get to the back and they're still arguing and Rudy Boy basically says, I'm going to go to Gabe and we're going to try to get a match set for next month in Boston between Michael Shane and Paul London, to which Shane agrees to then we go to our next match, which is James Maritato against Jay Briscoe with his brother Mark at ringside. Um, again, you know, this is a good match, and you can definitely see where Jay Briscoe is in 2002 to today and how different he is in his style and his wrestling. You can still see... A little bit of greenness in him at this point in time but this is one of the reasons why I wanted to do this series was because I wanted to watch basically the evolution of some of these wrestlers who would end up being some of the biggest wrestlers in Ring of Honor history and Jay Briscoe is definitely one of them um, so it's a good paced match and you know they each tried technical moves to try to get the win and in the end, Mark Briscoe is leaving the ring, and Jay gets distracted, and Mark flips him off, and Maritato hits a move on him, and he gets the three count and the victory. Uh, Mark or Jay shakes his hand and is angry at his brother and goes to the back. So then we hear from two of our participants in the main event. First, Christopher Daniels, who has simply luscious with her, with him. And he explains how every time or ever since Ring of Honor began, it has been a conspiracy against the fallen angel and how he has formed the prophecy. And he reminds Sampley Luscious of the things that Ring of Honor has done to her and the things that Ring of Honor has done to him. And he says that this tonight is the beginning of the end of Ring of Honor wrestling and that he will be the first Ring of Honor champion, because when you have the title, you have power. Then we hear from Doug Williams, who is stretching a guy with the, with the stretch muffler move, and he says, This is going to be spanky! This is going to be low-key! And you can hear this poor guy you know, screaming in pain, and this is going to be Christopher Daniels! And then it leads into a video package for our next match, which is the bunkhouse match with the Natural Born Sinners Homicide and Boogaloo against um, Loke and DeVito, the Carnage Crew. And this is just a straight-up bloodbath match, your typical bunkhouse match. All these guys, they're just fighting. Everyone is bleeding. It's fun to watch. Um twice during the match the the barricade, the guardrails break during the match. One time was when DeVito and Homicide were fighting into the crowd. And there was even one point and Mike Mike B and uh Steve Carino mentioned or Donnie B. and Mike and Steve Carino mentioned how there was a guy in a wheelchair and he saw, you know, those two coming and he just wheeled himself out of there for protection, which is sort of funny that they would point that out. Um, and the other time that the bar, or the guardrail breaks is when Homicide does a dive onto Loke, and he not only hits Loke, but he just goes right through the guardrail. And, it, and those are the two times that it happens. So it's a bunkhouse match, like I said, The ending of the match, Boogaloo has barbed wire and puts it around the mouth of DeVito and is choking him with it, and DeVito submits Homicide and Boogaloo win the bunkhouse match. However, after the match, the carnage still continues. Boogaloo is working on DeVito, and and Homicide come back in the ring, and... DeVito and Lope, they each grab the, um, the each, ah, crap, I can't even remember the name of it, uh, the hubcap, the hubcaps, and they hit Homicide with it, and they're trying to beat up Boogaloo when the hit squad come out and make the save, well, Monster Mac and Mafia, they try to help Homicide and Boogaloo, and Homicide feels the head of Mafia, and he gets upset, And he starts yelling at them, basically saying, I don't want your help. I don't want your help. And there's still anger between the hit squad and the natural-born sinners, in particular, homicide. So then we go to a promo from earlier in the day from Spanky, where Spanky talks about, you know, the three men that he's going to meet and how he beat Christopher Daniels once, With sliced bread number two. And then in another match, he beat low key with the left turn at Albuquerque. And that he's never faced Doug Williams. And he has no idea how he's going to be. And he says that while all three men are well traveled and they're big names, the one thing that they don't have is heart. And Spanky talks about how he's gone from Washington to Texas, Texas to Memphis, Memphis to California. California or yeah Memphis to California California to Cincinnati where he's gone hungry you know at night and how he's going to be the ring of honor champion well after that we get another package and it's the boogie nights it's the boogie night. Mike Tobin and and Drake they're there Drake has is in a wheelchair with a neck brace on and they're trying to go down, you know, to the locker room, and Drake notices that there are steps and it's not handy, you know, access handy capable. So Rob Feinstein comes, he sees Tobin, and he says that he's glad he's here because he's gonna be in a six-man tag match. And Rob says, oh, the match is just, you know, it's just been booked. Here are your partners. It's Dun and Marcos who try to help Drake. And Tobin gets upset and that's that. Then we go to a, and and some of you guys may not believe this, but this actually happened an NWA TNA X Division title match. You heard me right. Uh, The challengers of the match are Adam Jacobs and David Young, both debuting, and the champ is AJ Styles. Now, this was, this match was set before. AJ Styles had won the X Division title. Styles is the first X Division champion. Now this is an elimination match. Those are the rules. Uh, this isn't. This is a good. It's an okay match. Um, a lot of moves. Styles again bleeds for the second show in a row, and I think on this one, I don't think it was necessary, but you know. What am I to say? I'm just a fan and someone who's reviewing this DVD. Anyway, Jacobs and Styles, they double team David Young to eliminate him. Young is the bigger guy of the three. I think they said he's 260 pounds. Um, that's his weight. Because remember, back then, the X Division, there was no weight limit. So it's down to Jacobs and Styles, and it's a good ending. Jacobs tries a hurricane rana on the top rope, Styles catches him, and Styles hits him with a super styles clash, just like the one that we saw um, at Wrestle Kingdom 9 this year with Tetsuya Naido. Styles gets the three count in the victory. Styles retains the X Division title. Now, for purposes of this DVD, we have to cut some of the matches. So we get to the six-man tag team match where it is Mike Tobin along with Dunn and Marcos facing the debuting Black Gordman Jr., Brian XL, and debuting Dixie. Like I said, because of reasons not only for the videotape but of the DVD, this match got cut short. Uh, The end of the match, Brian XL and Dixie basically turn on Black Gordman, they leave him, and Dunn hits an elbow drop from the top rope. Mike Tobin, Dunn, and Marcos get the win in that six-man tag. So while Dunn and Marcos are celebrating, here comes this big guy dressed like security. He's got glasses on, and he chokeslams Tobin. Dunn and Marcos did not see that, so they turn around, and they're, you know, trying to celebrate with this big guy, and they both get chokeslammed. Drake then tries to roll out of danger, but he gets caught in his wheelchair. He gets pushed into the steel post, and this big guy just leaves. Just leaves. Then we get into this next match. Now, this is an important match, but, and I feel bad for this, because of the time, they don't show the whole match. It is the Black Nature Boy, Scoot Andrews, against against Xavier. With the stipulation that if Scoot Andrews loses this match, he leaves Ring of Honor. And we do get clips of the match. And the first part of the clips, it's just basically Andrews dominating Xavier. And even at one point, Xavier gets busted open. This is the third match where somebody is busted open. I guess those guys had a thirst for blood on that night. Um, And then the second half of the clips, Xavier's making a comeback, and he almost gets Andrews, but in the end, Andrews hits the force of nature on Xavier, gets the three count and the victory. Thus, Andrews finally gets his win on a Xavier, or on Xavier, and he gets to stay in Ring of Honor. And now we get to the main event, the four-man 60-minute Iron Man match for the for the Ring of Honor title, to crown the first ever Ring of Honor champion. Now there are rules to this match. If you score a pinfall or submission in this match, you earn two points. If you are the loser of the fall, you lose one point. So remember that when I'm going through this. Now, when I watched this match, And I was thinking, you know, I I was really thinking about it. This match has three different stories. It's basically a triangle of stories here. And each story, excuse me, each story does a good job of telling. The first part of this match is how there's maybe a five- to six-minute block of where one individual is getting beat up. Like, let's say, for example, Spanky. He'll take, like, five or six minutes of just getting beat up by Loki, Daniels, Williams. And then there may be, like, another five- six-minute period where it's Daniels that gets beat up, and it's Spanky, Williams, and Loki. The second part of this story is the fact that all three men go for the legs of low key because they know of the kicks and especially with what happened. He knocked out Prince Nana on the last show. So that's the second part of the story. And those two are pretty much throughout the entire match. The third part of the story of this match, and while it doesn't go the entire match, it's still an important part of the story is There's a point in this match where they refuse to tag low-key. It doesn't matter who's in trouble. It doesn't matter who has the advantage. They do not tag low-key, and that's just for like a good 10 minutes. So we go about 20, 25 minutes into this match, and there's a good spot where each man tries for their finishing move, but they can't hit it, and the crowd gives them a round of applause. After Lowkey and Daniels throw Spanky and Williams out of the ring to the floor, Lowkey tries to go for that handstand backspring elbow, but as he jumps, Daniels clips him from behind, takes out the leg of Lowkey. Daniels then hits the last right on Lowkey. One, two, three. Daniels scores the first fall of the match. He gets two points, and Loki goes to minus one. Now, another thing that happens in this match is for every fall that happens, and I thought Donnie B and Steve Carino did a very good job of this part. For every fall that happens, they switch referees. All the referees are out there. And that's a key part, especially after the first fall where they're talking and saying how, well, maybe that fall by Daniels is the only fall that happened. so that second referee could end up being in there for the duration of the match, which is a very good point when you think about it. So we get to that third part. Of this triangle of stories, where they're keeping Loki away from the ring because he's recovering, and then he just does not get tagged for a while. Um, Loki then finally makes himself a part of this match again, hitting a big splash onto, um, hitting a big splash onto both Daniels and Spanky, um, and then many minutes later we get to the end of the second fall of the match, where Doug Williams attempts the Chaos Theory. And as he does it, Daniels misses making the tag literally by inches. And as Williams is about to hit it, he lets go, low-key grabs Spanky, puts him in the Dragon Sleeper, low-key gets the tap out, so low-key gets two points he's now at one spanky is at minus one so at this point in the match christopher daniels is at two points Low-key is at one point doug williams is at zero spanky is at minus one so now we go into the third fall of the match and this is still a good match this is a this is a very enjoyable match um And again, we get into a situation where all four men are in the ring. So, Spanky and Daniels, they take each other out over the top rope. Low-key attempts and just, like, by mere inches, hits the Phoenix Splash onto Doug Williams. And it looked like he landed on his head almost. And he gets the three count and and the... in the fall, so now Loki gets two more points, Williams loses a point. So we're now at Loki's at three points, Christopher Daniels is at two, Spanky and Doug Williams are at minus one. So now Loki has the lead, and Daniels, you know, they're still going at it. All four of these guys are going at it. The building is close to a hundred degrees there's no air conditioning they have these fans on but it's not really working I I mean I mean it is working but it's not you know helping everybody get the sweat off and cooling them down so then we get to the end of the match where Spanky and Doug Williams they basically take each other out of the match at this point Daniels tries so many times to score a fall, because if he gets the fall, he takes the lead back, and there probably would not have been enough time for low-key to get any more points. So, he locks in the dragon sleeper at the end of the match. This is the mood that low-key put on Daniels on the last show that knocked Daniels completely out. And Daniels, you know, he's got the dragon sleeper on. He's trying to get low-key. You know, and Loki just will not give up. And then, towards the end, Loki is able to escape from the Dragon Sleeper, and he hits Daniels with his own move, the last rights, and time runs out. And Loki wins the match, is the first Ring of Honor champion, with the final standing being Loki 3, Christopher Daniels 2, Spanky minus 1, Doug Williams minus 1. And while they're all recovering, the fans are chanting, match of the year, match of the year, match of the year, match of the year. And it's very surprising that they do then because, you know, we with the first four shows, the fans did not chant that. But with this one, they did, which is very interesting. So, you know, after, you know, the referees raise Loki's hand and celebration, simply Luscious comes to check on Daniels. Daniels is making an argument to the referee. How could he win when I pinned him earlier and he never pinned me? So then Doug Williams and Spanky come up and they shake hands. And then we get an interesting story here. Doug Williams is trying to get Christopher Daniels to shake his hand. He is trying to do it, and Daniels eventually gets in the ring, and Williams puts his hand out, and Daniels is about to do it, and then he leaves, does not shake hands, does not follow the code of honor, and again he goes to a referee saying, "How is how is Lowkey the champion when he you know when I never got pinned?" So then, the the Williams and Spanky leave, Lowkey celebrating. He's tired, he's exhausted, and he starts to cry. So then, Loki goes to the back, and he's congratulated by some of the boys. Gabe is there, the head squatter there. And Loki just falls to his knees, and he starts crying. He starts crying. And, you know, they're trying to clear, you know, the way, make room for Loki so he can get, you know... Just oxygen in him to get himself back together. And Loki, you know, said that he basically cuts a promo. He won the title. He dedicates the match to Russ Haas, who had passed away that December of 01. And he also dedicates the match to Charlie Haas, who at the time was in developmental for WWE. And he pours the water, Haas of pain, low-key's just exhausted and he even says you people are out there watching this are lucky you guys have an AC watching this tape and, it, and it's sort of a funny moment there and Loki gets carried off with Monster Mac and Mafia they go down to the locker room then we see Jay Briscoe he's about to get ready to leave Mark tells him hey the guys are leaving let's get ready to go Jay gets in Mark's face And says to him, you know, or Mark reminds him, hey, you can't touch me. I'm not 18. You could lose your license. And Jay says, you know what? There is no, you know, no commission in Massachusetts. There is no, you know, touching, no age limit. So he challenges Mark to a match next month, to which Mark Briscoe accepts. And then he says to Jay, well, you're just going to lose. So he leaves. Then we cut to Christopher Daniels and Simply Luscious. Daniels just can't believe what happened. He, you know, Luscious saying, you got robbed. Ring of Honor did this to you again. And then one of the referees, who is actually Paul Turner, who's currently a referee for Ring of Honor, uh, he passes Daniels. Daniels sees him, and he grabs him. And Daniels is angry, and he says, How come, you know, and he he goes again, how come I'm not the champion? How, you know, this, this, that. And Paul Turner said, we went by the rules, we went by the code of honor, and Daniels just snaps, and he gives him this vicious, angry promo where, you know, he's upset, and he's like, you know, you did this to me, the upper people in Ring of Honor did this to me, and he says that the next time I come back, I'm going to take charge, I'm going to be doing, you know, I'm going to do stuff for me and for the prophecy, and you tell the people in the front office that, and he leaves, and that's the end of the show. So what did I think of crowning a champion? Well, I look at it like this. Crowning a champion developed many storylines for upcoming events. It developed the a lot of matches for the Boston show, which will be the next show reviewed. And in a weird way, and I completely forgot to talk about this part, and I do apologize, they talk about the September show because there, um, you know, they announced that Steve Carino is going to wrestle for Ring of Honor for the first time. There's going to be a tournament to crown the first Ring of Honor tag team champions, and Michael Modest will be there. Well, Rudy Boy Gonzalez gets into the ring, and he talks about how he saw what happened at the end of the last show, and he said how, you know, he at first was considering going up against Carino. And he says, well, some of the boys wanted to do it. So he says that Carino, in September, will be facing American Dragon, which I know, um, which I find very interesting considering down the line what's going to happen but as far as storylines go it develops really good excuse me for the next two shows and then you have the title match the Ring of Honor title match which is such a good match and it tells such a very good story and And I loved how Daniels is so upset that, hey, you know, I got robbed. I was never pinned. The others were. How come Loki's the champion? And it's a very good storyline. So, all in all, I think this was a very good show. I, I definitely recommend this show just for the historic purpose of... You know you know the first Ring of Honor champion is crowned on this show, it's absolutely amazing. Um, and looking at the next event, the Boston show, AJ Styles is going to face Low Key. And now, with Low Key winning the title, it's now for the Ring of Honor title. You got Jay and Mark Briscoe, they're going to face each other. You have Michael Shane against Paul London. You have the natural born sinners against Tony Mamaluke and James maritato We find out during this or during the title match that because of commitments to 0-1, the American Dragon Spanky match has now been changed to American Dragon versus Donovan Morgan. So that should be a good match. Then you also have the Carnage Crew and the Hit Squad. Again, I forgot that and I do apologize they're going to face each other in a Boston massacre match and it looks like barb wire is going to be involved so all in all the boston show is shaped up really well to be the you know to review and i'm looking forward to that um so let's do quick plugs if you have any questions or comments that you would like for me to read in future episodes of review of honor all you have to do is send an email wrestlingman@ at SunsetFlipshow.com. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter, Twitter.com/House of Bill. Don't forget to go to Ring of Honor, you know, ROHWrestling.com. Follow Ring of Honor. You guys, you know, I, I talk about Ring of Honor. This is my, one of my favorite promotions in the world, and you guys are listening to basically the history of Ring of Honor right here. Uh, go to, you know, join the Ring of Honor Facebook group. Follow them on Twitter and go to rohworld.com. It's an unofficial Ring of Honor message board group, but it's very good. It's a lot of fun. Um, Like I said, the next review will be the very first Ring of Honor show in Boston. I told you guys the card. It's a stacked card. It should be a lot of fun. I hope you guys enjoyed this uh, episode of Review Review of Honor. I'm Bill, and I'll talk to you guys later on another episode of Review of Honor.